Welcome to FASD Hope, a podcast about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder through the lens of parent advocates with over 20 years of lived experience. FASD Hope provides awareness, information, and inspiration to those people whose lives have been touched by FASD. And I'm the host of FASD Hope, Natalie Becchione. Welcome to today's episode. Thanks for joining us today. Today, I'll be speaking with Yvonne Williams. Yvonne started her FASD journey when she adopted her daughter in 2007. Over the years, she became not only a champion for her own daughter, but also for the FASD community. 2014, she started a blog, Our Sacred Breath, to share her journey, which led to her involvement with the Red Shoes Rock campaign and the creation of the 99 Days to FASD Day information series which has been running annually since 2017. In addition, she served on the advisory committee for the Ontario Provincial FASD website, and she has moderated several online FASD groups over the years. In 2018, she and her daughter started sharing their stories at caregiver groups, workshops, and conferences, and launched a red bubble shop to create and sell FASD swag. She currently remains active in low-key advocacy activities and works part-time for Jeff Noble as his external support specialist. I'm thrilled to be speaking with Yvonne Williams today, talking about 99 Days to FASD Day and Our Sacred Breath. Welcome to FASD Hope. It's August and we are counting down to FASD Awareness Month. I am so excited to finally speak with and talk with today's guest. I've known her, I'm sure almost all of you know her. Uh, She wears many hats. Uh, She founded and uh, runs Our Sacred Breath, which is an amazing, amazing FASD resource and support. She also uh, founded and creates 99 Days to FASD. And she works for uh, someone who we all know and love, Jeff Noble. Um, She's an important part of his his advocacy and organization. Uh, But mostly, most important, Uh, she's a mom just like me and she gets this journey. So I am thrilled to be speaking with today, Yvonne Williams. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. Pretty excited. So Yvonne, Yvonne and I had this wonderful conversation before we started recording just about advocacy and what advocacy looks like. So we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But first, I would love our listeners to know, Yvonne, it's just an honor to have you here. I'm, I, you do so much. You've contributed so much to the FASD community. Um, can you share um, a little bit of your journey with us and how you got to where you're at? Sure. Thank you. It's always, I just want to say, it's always interesting to me when, when people tell me that they they read my stuff they follow my stuff because I'm very sort of in the background uh, doing it so and sometimes I feel like I'm in you know sending it off into the void (laughs) so it's always great to hear uh, when it is making a difference Um, and that's really why I started uh, the blog I have a she'll be 24 in I shall get mad at me because I don't know the number of days, but it's it's in uh, less than a week. <laughs> She'll be 24. I adopted uh, her name is Nicole, and I adopted her when she was uh, just turned eight. And so I have no other children. Um, I always said when I was, I remember having a conversation with my mother when I was 16. And they say you have a self-fulfilling prophecy. So I think that was mine because I said to her at the time that I didn't think I would ever have any of my own children, but I would definitely adopt. And I didn't know anybody who was adopted. There was there wasn't adoption in our family that I knew of because uh, we we uh, we came to Canada. So uh, all my relatives are in England. So I don't really know my family all that well. Um, and I said, you know, if I got to a certain age and I wasn't married, didn't have my own kids, then definitely I would do that. And, and I got to that point. <laughs> and uh, 
so it's just been me and her, um, uh, single parent. My mom does live with us. She came to live with us uh, to help me out. And I moved to a, a small town from a, a large city just because I didn't want uh, my daughter growing up in a big city. And that kind of had some drawbacks and some positives uh, because it, it kept her safer, I think. And there wasn't as much for her to get involved with, but it also meant there wasn't a lot of supports. So I spent a lot of time talking to people who didn't really know much about FASD. And of course, when I adopted, attachment was the big thing. It was in her record, uh, possible FASD, but there was no diagnosis. So that's what everybody focused on was the attachment and our ADHD. Um, and as we know, really, that's probably just a part of the FASD. And um, it was hard because we were in a small town. The people grew up together and we were sort of the new kids on the block. Here was this cute little girl with pigtails who was the sweetest, kindest kid, but would throw rocks at other kids or get upset and hide um, under the tables. And um, so being a very sort of private, quiet person, it was really hard to advocate for her in the school system uh, because I felt like I was always overpowered um, and I didn't have a big support system around me to connect with. So I got to a point eventually um, where I thought there's got to be other people out there like me. Uh, so I'm going to start writing uh, a story. And my friend had actually just started a blog. She was fostering cats. And she said, you should start a blog and start writing about your experience with your daughter. And that's how, how it all started. Um, and I just started sharing what I knew and what I had learned, hoping that if there was somebody else out there going through what I went through, they would feel some kind of um, connection and feel a bit better about it and be a bit inspired. Um, and if, if she can do it, I can do it. And, um, and, and it would just help me process too, because uh, writing is sort of my thing. And um, I was able to, if we were going through something because I was writing it out, it was easier for me then to step back and look at it and say, okay, I can kind of see what's happened here. And um, and then it just sort of went from there, you know, um, I, I started to get involved with other things. My goodness, I hear so many parallels in our journeys. Um, I, I'm, I've been nodding my head throughout you, you sharing this, Yvonne, because we also moved from a large city to the suburbs and now we live, we, we joke, we live on a farm access road surrounded by pigs, cows, horses, all that. And we did for the same reasons, you know, because mm -hmm. we knew that there, it was safer. You know, we also knew for our son, there were more outdoor activities he could participate in, which was huge for his sensory needs. But again, there's that. And for us, like you said, you know, everybody who lives here knows each other, grew up here. Yeah. Thankfully for us, our neighbors across the street, um, they understood and actually knew about FASD. Um, so they were, they've been kind of like our extended family. However, the, the real, the parallel I really can um, identify with you is that you're in a smaller town, it's safer, or you're in a, you know, a more mm -hmm. rural environment, it's safer. However, there are minimal to no supports out here. Exactly. And, and yeah. like you said, you have to create supports. You have to start, you know, advocating and, and being that voice for your, your son or daughter. So um, mm -hmm. I, I'm really thankful you're sharing this because hopefully listeners will hear that and, and hear, yeah, there's a lot of parallels in our journeys, especially for those of us who choose to get out of that busy urban or suburban environment mm -hmm. and to go to more rural, which from what yeah. I, I hear, a lot more folks are doing yeah. what we did because yes, you know, yeah. we can, we can focus on strengths more 
I, mm-hmm. I feel like in a rural area. Mm-hmm. So. I went to a, um, a training uh, session with Donna DeBolt, and I remember her talking about one of uh, the success factors is, is keeping their world small. And I, I think that's hard for some parents because, you know, they want them involved in this and maybe they have really big families. And we were, we were fortunate in that we didn't have to worry about that because we didn't have a big family around us. So we weren't sort of missing out on things. Um, we did miss out, unfortunately, my uh, brother and his wife couldn't really understand Nicole and, and we tried and we tried, um, but eventually uh, he said to my mom once, you know, um, I'm sorry, but you can't bring Nicole. This is an event for, you know, his son at that time. Um, we don't want her uh, taking over. And and I, and when he said that, I thought to myself, you know what, I tried and I cut ties at that point because I thought that was really awful. Um, you know, and he didn't Would even they say that to someone that has an outward visible physical disability, yeah. you know, <laughs> nine times out of 10, no, they wouldn't. So yeah. you, saying that to your daughter who has a brain-based whole body invisible disability, mm-hmm. it, it, again, you know, yeah. yeah, we go through this and, um, I, I agree too. Um, oh my goodness, you, you you're sharing this Yvonne. And I'm just, I, it, your story resonates so much with me because one, another reason we moved out is to keep our son's world small too, for, mm-hmm. you know, a protective success factor. Yeah. And there are quite a few relatives that just, we don't have, we, if we haven't mm-hmm. seen in years, or maybe we mm-hmm. talk to once a year because of similar yeah. issues, they yeah. don't get it. And they, I hate to say this, but a few of them don't want to get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really, I think that's a big struggle for so many caregivers, because I remember adopting one of the questions was, who's your support system? You know, so I mentioned all these people and it only turned out my mom was the only one that has stuck by and it's been hard for her still yes. is, you know, um, but the people I thought would be there weren't, you know, Yes. And then, but surprisingly, I know I shared this in our book. And again, Yvonne, you're just, you're hitting so many topics. I'm getting goosebumps. You're hitting so many key points of of our journeys. The people who we thought would be there aren't. However, on the flip side, I'm pleasantly surprised by the people who are there and support us. People I would never meet if Mm -hmm. we did not have this journey, you Mm -hmm. know? People, like I said, like our advocacy tribes that I like to Mm -hmm. call them, you know, we have our tribes of, of families of, of people that, that are friends that we consider to be like, you know, extended family because they get us, they understand it. They're, they're living the journey. So I agree. There's grief in those people who you thought would be there and, and who are not, there's that profound grief and sadness on the flip side there's joy in those surprising people who you never thought would yeah. be there, but are, yeah. are, would go to bat for your kid. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah I met, um, I met a, a mom, uh, through, uh, an online group, actually, I had made a comment and then she replied and said, Oh my gosh, are you in Ontario? And I said, yes. And she said, I, I live in, uh, you know, Belleville and, and, uh, and I was, I'm not too far from there. So we ended up connecting and we were really good friends for quite a long time. Um, and then unfortunately she's moved away uh, to a different province now. Um, but it's kind of neat when you, you connect and, and the people that you don't live close to at least are there for you online yes. and when you need it. And I, I think that's a, a really important part of this journey is, is finding that connection, however you can make that connection. And a silver lining of COVID, we always say, is that technology has improved so dramatically that we can have yeah. conversations like this and, and we can have online support groups and things that, you know, three years yeah. ago was in, in person exclusively. Mm-hmm. So we have that, even though it's not physical, you know, in-person connection, we still have that, that emotional connection 
you know, right. being online and, and having our tribe, you know, yep. for, for me across around the world, which I, yeah. again, would have never thought in a million years. Mm-hmm. So right. um, you and I, oh my goodness, I, we are going to have fun in this conversation. <laughs> um, let's talk about when did you make the shift from, you know, being Nicole's parent advocating for her to the amazing work you're doing now. Like at what point did you make that shift? I know you, you shared about talk, you shared about writing your blog and mm-hmm. getting yourself out there, but when did you really make that shift to like how I know you as this amazing FASD parent advocate? I, I think it really started through finding out about uh, Red Shoes Rock. Um, when I was uh, on writing, um, I was looking for, you know, information about FASD, and I remember coming across their event um, wearing red shoes, and I thought, hey, that's really cool, you know, I can kind of do that. So I started off pretty, pretty small. Um, they said, I think it was September 1st to 9th, you were encouraged to like wear uh, red shoes and do nine kilometers or miles or kicks or whatever you you could do. So I just started wearing my shoes and posting on my personal page, Um, you know, day one, here I am, and I share a little fact. And the interesting thing was, not too many people in my personal sphere were interested. Uh, And, you know, I got a little disheartened by that. I did it for a couple years. And then um, I I had this opportunity to uh, go out west uh, with the with the uh, my ex partner, <laughs> um, but he you know he was the driver and uh, he had to go out to um, uh, an event for his family. So we used the opportunity uh, to go across Canada and I used the shoes for that. And I would just take a picture every province I went in, and it was about a nine thousand kilometer journey there and back. And so that brought me to the attention of Jody Culp. And um, oh, and prior, prior to that, I remember when I was going on the event, I, they were doing a um, FASD is real campaign. And I remember uh, RJ was, was um, featured and I found out he lived in Thunder Bay. And so I, I sent him a text and I said, I'm, I'm going to be passing through Thunder Bay. It'd be really cool to meet you because I didn't know who he was at that point, other than just the person who, who had the red shoes. And I remember my, my partner said to me, are you nuts meeting some guy off the Internet? And I said, I think he's pretty safe. <laughs> you know, he's part of this big event, but it yeah, you out- don't know who he is. He's RJ. I mean, he, <laughs> yeah, right. he's a legend in FASD advocacy. Yeah. So then, uh, I, we, our timing was off though, and I couldn't, uh, we couldn't connect. So, uh, but that brought me into, um, into Jody's sphere at that point. And, uh, she sort of, you know, reached out to me and said, what a, what a great thing you're doing. You know, thank you for sharing all this information. So then when it came around in 2017, I was thinking, okay, how am I going to top a traveling across Canada? Even though it wasn't really big, I just thought for myself, I wanted to do something more. And I remembered when I was trying to get, because I tried to share a little bit of information again on the blog every every day with a picture. And there, there wasn't, tons of information that was sort of easy and accessible. There was lots of research. There was some people out doing awareness, but but not a lot. So I thought I had this great grand idea and I and I think they had moved up to 90 days at that point because they started off at nine, went to 60, then went to 90 days. And I remember thinking, well, September 9th is nine nine. So why don't I do 99 days of, of information? <laughs> Had I have thought about all the work that that would involve, I'm not sure I would have done it. But that's what I thought. Here's a way I can contribute because I wanted, because I felt so alone and and I didn't have a lot of information. I thought this is one way I can kind of get information out to people and then they can take it and and run with it from there. Um, So that kind of started it. And then that you know, started getting me noticed, um, not me personally, but but my work, um, and it was being shared. Um, and then that sort of opened up, hey, you know, I, 
I can kind of do more uh, than just sharing this. People said to me at first, because the information I share, I, I've gotten permission from people to share. People have said to me, why don't you sell it? But I can't sell it. It's not my information to sell. And this is just my contribution. So I don't get paid for doing any of that. Nobody's given me any money. Um, I do all the research on my own. I update it every year. Um, I say every year I'm not doing this again <laughs> because I see more and more people. The, the, the interesting thing has watched how other people are doing it in their own sort of way now. Yes. And I really like to see that because there's so much more than when I first started. Um, and it's amazing. Um, and, uh, and then that just got me a little hyped for, for doing some more things. And it brought me to the attention of a, our local um, FASD group who asked my daughter and I to make a presentation um, at their uh, group, which we did. And then there was a woman from Ottawa, uh, Elspeth Ross, who contacted me through my blog just to say, you know, how great this series was. And she was a librarian and she wanted to thank me because of how well researched it was. And, it, and that really made me feel good that here was this person, I had no idea who she was, but yet I had touched her in this way and then she reached out to me, you know, to say thank you for that. Um, and she was involved with the Ottawa group. So that got my daughter and I out uh, to talk to their group. And then we participated. That got us involved in a conference. And we went out and spoke at a conference. And so once those things started happening, I started sharing a bit, you know, more information for people because I realized there there was this need out there. Um, and I thought that sharing our story was giving a little bit of hope to people. Because, um, you know, I, we had a lot of the same um, challenges that most people go through uh, as caregivers. We haven't had some of the really uh, significant ones. Um, but, you know, I've got her to 24. She's you know, alive, she's doing well. Um, you know, we still have some challenges and whatnot. Um, but I think it's important that people know that there is another, there is another side and it. You know, everybody's journey is different. For some people, it's a lot harder and there's more challenges involved. Um, but I think sometimes when you can just realize there are other people who have gone through some stuff, um, it makes your journey a little easier. Um, so it just, you know, it then excited me. And then I, you know, we went and got our local municipality to declare the day because I didn't even know that was a thing. And I never even thought about it because I, I mean, I knew it was a thing because I used to do fundraising and communications um, for children's aid societies. Um, and we used to get October declared as Child Abuse Prevention Month. But I, and when I started FASD month wasn't a thing, it was just the day. But I still never thought I could get them to do the day. And then this mom that I had met, she had her council do it. Um, and then we even went, we had our local provincial election and my daughter and I went with, with uh, Marianne and her family. We had our signs up and we, you know, and then that got his attention that way. And we had uh, uh, an article in the newspaper um, and it just kind of every, you know, little thing happens and it just kind of goes from there. Like 2018 was a, a super year for, for advocating and then um and then I got a, a full-time job and everything sort of went off the rails <laughs> because I just couldn't do much you know and uh and then and then the pandemic hit <laughs> so uh, right. but yeah so that's sort of how it uh it all came about wow wow Yvonne just hearing your journey again I'm just so thankful. And I, I, sh I say this a lot to our guests. I'm just so thankful that you shared your journey and that you gave a voice to FASD through your writing, through your amazing blog, Our Sacred Breath, and through 99 Days to FASD. And if you're listening to this and you have a Facebook account, I highly, highly encourage you're sharing each daily fact that Yvonne posts on 99 days, because just like you said, it's accessible, it's mm -hmm. understandable, 
it's digested. They're in these digestible forms and it's very aesthetically, you know, you put these wonderful graphics to it. It's very aesthetically pleasing, you know, as opposed to learn about FASD and have this accurate, correct, important information. We share every day on FASD. Mm-hmm. Hope I do. <laughs> yeah, I see. And, That's great. And, and and I appreciate that. It's great because when I go to share on FASD Hope, I love it because, you know, some, some days I'll see like 44 shares and then some days I'll see, you know, like, you know, 20 shares and just those numbers of shares, knowing that those, that many people that you're having such a ripple effect Mm -hmm. in this advocacy, um, and how much it's grown in five Mm -hmm. years. I, I love hearing that. And, um, that leads me to our next question. So you spoke about our sacred breath and and how that's grown and how you started that. And you spoke about 99 days to FASD, which by the way, you will see the links to those two important advocacy efforts that Yvonne is doing in our program notes for today, as well as this week's social media posts. And it's important, please share, because we've got a month left. As this airs, we'll have a month left to FASD, International FASD Awareness Day. So um, please share away. So we talked about that. Yvonne, let's give some encouragement to our listeners. You and I, we have very different journeys, but we have a lot of parallels in our lives as, as mamas of mm-hmm. now young adults with FASD. We have a lot of listeners, and I know Jeff does too, who are on the fence about, should I advocate? How do I do this? I don't know what to do. What words of encouragement do you have for those parents, teachers, educators, grandparents who want to advocate but they're not sure how, or they're not sure if they can, how can you encourage them to say, we need you and, and here's how you can help? Great question. (laughs) I think, I mean, people with FASD, I find are coming out and being great advocates now, but I still think that when your child is younger, they need a voice um, going out there and they are not going to be the ones who who will be advocating for what they need. So I think when you have to look at advocacy, you, you kind of have to look at it in a few ways. It isn't always about sort of the big grand things happening. And I think that sometimes people get a bit scared off from that and think, oh, my gosh, I could never do that. But sharing a post on social media is one way you can advocate, a very simple way. I think, you know, having conversations with people who are interested in learning is another way you advocate and you start sharing information that way. I found during the pandemic, I had to stop sort of going on social media a lot and reading comments because people really, because we were all going through some trauma experience, people, you know, were a little more probably, uh, I don't know, judgmental. Belligerent. (laughs) Yeah. And, And it's really, it's really hard when you get somebody who responds to you and you've just made a nice comment. You're just trying and to show you're something. Vul- you're vulnerable too. Yeah. You're, you're putting yourself yeah. out there. Yeah. yeah. And then you get these really nasty comments back. And, and I think that if you learn a little bit about FASD and you kind of just talk to people that you know, there's a lot of stigma still that surrounds it. And it is so much more than just I mean, yes, we know what causes it, but the reasons for that are so varied that you can't just say, you know, it's it's the moms who are having alcohol. You know, it it's housing, it's violence against women, it's access to supports, it's access to information. Um, you know, it's the normalization of, ways- of alcohol use too. 
we've found. Yeah, yes. I know, you know, this is huge in, in the FASD community, but it's that normalization of, you know, oh, everybody uses alcohol and everybody yeah. should know, you know, not, yeah. not to do this yeah. versus, okay, why, why is it normal? You know, why yeah. is that, nor you know, why can't we be more supportive as a society for, for, okay, saying, okay, mom is, yeah. is not drinking or families are not drinking. Cause we also know Yvonne that this is a very generational, mm -hmm. you know, FASD is very generational that, that oftentimes it, it, it we see, yeah. you know, two, three generations yeah. having an FASD. Exactly. So what, you know, and so there's small things you can do. I know that um, like where we uh, live, there's a, the provincial government, there's a, a thing called Sandy's Law, and it's where any establishment that serves or sells alcohol has to uh, display a sign um, warning. And uh, it was created through some advocacy of some parents, um, and it's of a, a, a young man who unfortunately passed away, and it was his dad who, uh, who got a private member's bill through me as a politician. So we arm ourselves with these uh, signs too. And, and if we walk into like a Walmart and they're selling alcohol and there isn't a sign, we go up and we ask the manager, if we're in a restaurant um, and there's no sign, we go up and say, hey, did you know about Sandy's Law? So there's little things like that you can you can do where you're not really being out there, but you're you're raising the bar a little bit and you're making sure. Um, I think when you feel part of something bigger, you know, it really makes you feel like you're connected in a way that you aren't. So when you're out there on your own, I mean, there's other people out there who are, who are doing this as well. So you're not really alone in doing this. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yes. And, and uh, this is an audio podcast. I, I don't know if you can hear me, but I am ferociously taking notes because <laughs> these are sage words of wisdom for advocacy. So I, I am, I'm this, not only does it make sense, Yvonne, but that this is just such wonderful advice and feedback for those who are like, I don't know what to do. What do you, what, uh -huh. you know, I, I don't want to put myself out there. And I am putting these tips down in our social media posts this week because these are little ways that you can advocate that will grow into bigger ways. That's right. Yeah, they're all, it's just, you know, they're all small conversations that, that you can have or you look at a little way that you, you know, you can, like with us, we have the signs. So that's a really easy way for some people to do that. Um, sharing your posts with your, your family and friends. And, you know, even if, if you're not getting reaction from that, people are seeing it, you know? And, and I think that's important. And I think, you know, just saying, hey, you know, there's this disability, will you help me, you know, get my message out because we're having a hard time because uh, it's not, people aren't comfortable, but, but we gotta start talking about this you know, here we are, you know, since it was first named, and people say, I don't, I've never heard of it. You know, I don't know anything about it. And, and I look at all the things that have been done, but we sort of haven't hit that tipping point. I mean, we had a, a three-part series in a, a national newspaper a few years ago, and Nicole and I participated in that, as did a, a lot of other people. And it was fantastic because it was the front page for three, you know, three different weeks, like every Saturday. Lots of buzz around it, and then it disappears, you know. And then, as you know, we have the, then there's other things you can do. Like, so, so one way to do that, too, is if you see an article online or in a newspaper, let the editor know, hey, thank you for promoting that. We really need to get the word out there because a lot of times they don't get people saying thank you for putting that out there. So just simple things like that, because then that tells the editor, wow, people are maybe interested in this story. So if we never tell people we're interested in seeing that, they're going to think, well, maybe this isn't a story that anybody wants to read. 
So then they'll go with the other side of it, which is the negative side, um, because that gets all the feedback. Um, you know, and and writing letters like we know what happened with um, SNL uh, skin. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so every time I see something like that, I. I send a letter or something just to let people know because and it's nice when everybody gets together and we all start doing that because there was also um, uh, the bird box on Netflix. Yeah. I don't know if you ever saw that, but she drink. I, I didn't hear it, but I, I heard the storyline. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so just putting little things in there in the bugs and people's ears that are creating these series to say, hey, did you think about that? You know, yeah. and I just read this other book just recently. And um, she has a woman in there who knows she shouldn't. She's not sure she's pregnant, but knows she shouldn't. But she does anyway. And so I, you know, sent a, a little note and say, hey, you know, just curious why, you know, why you chose to do that? Because did you did you know about this? And you always have to go at it that they don't know too. Like maybe her she didn't know about FASD but she probably, she may have known that it wasn't good to drink, but just, we have to get the portrayals back, um, showing it in a light where it's okay to, to talk about this. Which you is know. why, for example, last week's episode, uh, we're airing this after, um, embraced film project with Joel Shagrin Jody Culp right. and, and Justin Overlander, which is why sharing those types of films, documentaries, things that are up and coming are so important. Creating those are so important because they are mm. accurately, you know, portraying FASD. They're giving a face and a voice to FASD and they're getting out in mainstream media, mm. which is what we need more yeah. and more of. You know, if I, I know that we had, um, I know a couple of years ago when, um, uh, Josh and Alicia Doherty were on were right. in people yeah. that was huge you know yeah. and Jeff yeah. had them on and I had yeah. them on and 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 that was huge and and the amazing advocacy that they were doing on TikTok and and everything yeah. that to me that's the stuff that needs to be shared and thanked yeah. and highlight you know and yeah. and say hey mainstream media this is a great example of advocacy yeah. with a positive you know that yes. advocacy that supports rather mm -hmm. than advocacy that um that takes away that that exactly stigmatizing yeah yes yeah. and so that's where you can really help out um you know and i think really if more people told the media you know these are the kinds of stories we want to see then they're going to start listening um, because it's the other side that gets all the interest going. So we really need to move together to, to get them more positive. So it was nice to see everybody come together for the SNL. Um, that was amazing. Especially, um, especially CJ and Kat with the, the FAST change makers. Yes. Their response was epic. Yeah. I, I, I think I, everybody had these amazing responses, but their response was so eloquent. Mm -hmm. And just highlighted the strengths of yeah. our family, loved ones, kids, yeah. of our loved ones with FASD. That again, it's advocacy that 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 helps the FASD community grow and be supported. Yeah. You know, yeah. they 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 just hit they yeah. hit the ball out of the park with yeah. their response. Yeah, because this you know this is you know a disability. But we, you know, need to accept that, or not accept, but we, people should be included. And just because you can't see something doesn't mean it's not there. And I think that, I mean, I'm part of some groups where there's a lot of um, uh, advocacy around all disabilities. Uh, because there's other disabilities that are facing sort of similar things that we are as well. And the world was made for neurotypicals and it wasn't made for anybody that's different. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I, I think that should be, um, <laughs> that should be a motto 
for mm-hmm. the neurodiverse community. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. The world and, and was you know, made for neurotypical. I didn't really understand disability before I adopted and had a child with one, you know, so I, you know, I didn't make fun of people. I didn't purposely exclude people, but it wasn't sort of in my sphere. But, you know, as time has gone on, we're learning more. People are more out there than they ever used to be. And there isn't any reason anymore that we can't start creating inclusion because everybody everybody has something to offer. And I just think I look at, you know, when people talk about the strengths of their their kids, I look at all of those strengths and think that's what we need more of in the world. You know, we don't necessarily need everybody being competitive with each other. We don't need, you know, everybody um, doing this or that. We need all different kinds of people doing all different kinds of things to create a more interesting world and community. Um, And when we don't support people, that's when we see the negative consequences. Um, So there's all sorts of ways to sort of get involved, I think, um, and just start talking about, you know, even if you don't have anybody who, who has a disability, that doesn't mean you can't get involved. That doesn't mean you can't learn about it and be aware um, and make some changes, you know, and, and, and ask others to, or get involved in a, in a letter writing campaign, talk to politicians when it's time to have an election. I'm writing everything <laughs> down and going to share this all this week in our social medias, because Yvonne, I, we are blessed in the FASD community to have you as such an amazing advocate and your voice. We were talking, Yvonne and I were talking before we're, we both consider ourselves to be introverts, which yeah. is really funny because, you know, Yvonne does so much for, you know, and, and she's out there and, and I, I talk, you know, every week to, and it's funny because people are probably, Oh yeah, they're probably comfortable talking. No, I'd, mm-hmm. I'd rather be, you know, yeah. reading, you know, on my front porch with the book, you know, and, yeah. and Yvonne, I know feels the same way. So I, I am just so thankful for what you're doing, Yvonne, because you're really just making people think and it has this huge ripple effect. And I'm sure five, seven years ago, you didn't realize how much your advocacy is helping so many in the FASD community myself and my family included. I'm so thankful that that you agreed to be a guest um, on FASD Hope because I think, like you said, the more we share stories, especially when we focus on strengths and especially when we focus on how our loved ones can be such a, a, a great part of their communities, of their you know workplaces, of, of whatever they do, um, if we just include them and let them have that space and and make those accommodations where where needed, um, yeah. Oh my goodness, you you get it, and I you also get the grief. I know you do, and you also mm-hmm. get the um, the stigma and the misunderstanding. But you know, we're we're airing this in August. We've got a month left until FASD Awareness Month. I really want people to visit your blog and visit 99 days because again, you are doing such amazing things in FASD advocacy and uh, your voice really is, is giving such a, such an encouragement uh, to those who, you know, like how we were maybe seven, mm-hmm. eight, ten years ago. Well, what do I do? You know, how do I, how do I, how do I advocate? So we're airing this in August. Um, of course, you're you are working overtime with 99 days to FASD and in our sacred breath. What else do you have going on for the rest of 2022? Uh, not too much. <laughs> You're going to be resting stage. after September. Yeah. I know that, my friend. Yeah. Pretty much, because that's usually what happens after um, after September happens. And I don't, you know, unless there's some, I'm invited to to something. I don't, 
I tend to take that time sort of to to go back in because as as an introvert, it takes a lot of effort to to get yourself out there. You have to recharge um, your battery. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so that's the perfect time for me. I really love uh, the fall months. And so that's sort of my time to, to go back out. And that's the time where I try to do a little bit more um, uh, reading. I do a little bit more education for myself as well. Um, and I just try to to spend time being, you know, Nicole's mom. Uh, the hard thing with this I'm such a, a perfectionist that every year I usually update the posts, like the blog posts that go along with each of the days, uh, if there's new information, because I, I don't want it to stay static. I want it to have the, the current information if I can. And I always ask people to send me information if there's something that I've completely missed. And then I change the graphics and you you mentioned them, you know, earlier, I put pictures to them this year and they I really leveled them up this year. Um, and You're wonderful. I'm, I really yeah. like I think those pictures really contribute to the impact that they have. Yeah, yeah. And it's fun for me to look for the pictures to find ones that kind of go with it, too. Um, you know, your your words are very kind in in uh, talking about the impact I have, because I honestly don't feel that way. You know, I, I, and that comes partly from, you know, partly from my shyness, from my anxiety that I also have, you know, and, and I, I don't put myself out enough. And, and that's one of the big things about it is, you know, I probably could be doing more, but but you have to take care of yourself and you That's have, right. you, you know, you have to take care of your family and you bring up a really important point, Yvonne, which I, I want people to recognize is that we're dealing with our own challenges. We're mm -hmm. dealing with our own anxiety, depression, yeah. mental health issues that accompany this hard, but beautiful journey. This mm -hmm. is, this is a very hard journey that we're on. And, and we mm -hmm. know that, you know, and we put supportive posts out there. We, we put a lot of support out there, but I think people also need to understand that, you know, we need to recognize that this is a hard journey. So we need, I, I love what you're saying because fall is my favorite too. I love the fall. And, yeah. and since we moved from up North to North Carolina, we don't get it as much as, as, as you do mm. fall for me, especially I've learned in the past going on, you know, now two, almost three years of, of, of doing FASD hope that October and November are my months to say, okay, let's just bring things down. Yeah. My, my husband jokes and he's like, that's when you put on your oxygen mask. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> because literally it's like, you know, September yeah. 30th. And then it's like, yeah, oh, I can breathe. <laughs> I can breathe again. <laughs> that's right. So I, I love that. And, and that's really important too. We really need to recognize that in advocacy, you, you do need those, you know, I, I do, I take sabbaticals where I'm just mm -hmm. like, you know what, I'm taking the month off folks. You've yeah. got plenty of episodes to listen to. You've got our website. Yeah. Um, here you go. I'm, I'm taking that time off to decompress. And like you said, mm -hmm. to, to be my family, to be my husband's wife, to be my, my kid's mom, that right. is, that is my time. So I'm really thankful that you're sharing that because that is important in our advocacy mm -hmm. efforts. So, for sure. so and you, the more advocates know. we have, the more we can do that because yes, because yes. people are doing different things at different times, yes. you know, and because it isn't all just about FASD month, right? You know, it's yes. every day of, of the year. Um, and there's lots of different ways that we can be creating buzz and doing things and sharing information, you know, um, it doesn't, this is a great focus, the one month, but um, the more people we get involved, the louder our voices are gonna, are gonna get. Um, we talked, uh, I was involved with a, a provincial advocacy group that operated for a little while. And, you know, we learned a little bit uh, through some of the people that were involved with the advocacy around autism, you know, and, and they were just loud, you know, and they didn't give up and they kept going. Um, and, you know, that's what we need to be. Um, but the harder part for us is people, I, I read, I can't remember the exact quote, but it's something about, you know, it takes twice as long for an FASD parent to do something than it does for anybody else. 
because um, the the challenges and, and not to like say anything against any other disability and it's not a comparison whatsoever it's just the reality of because there isn't a lot of services so we're learning a lot of things by ourselves at first and we have keep reinventing the wheel and then we don't have the services and other people have gone through exactly the same thing so we're just going through it now but boy it takes a toll and then the hardest lesson for me I think to learn was I had to change you know I had to be everything I grew up around wasn't going to work and I learned a lot about myself and that's hard doing that kind of work because you have to look at yourself and realize, eek, <laughs> you know, um, that's me. Um, and, and that's a lot of energy to change who you sort of are to make yourself a better person. Um, and, and that's all we're doing. Everything that we advocate for is going to help other kids too. It's not just solely for FASD. It's going to help everybody and it helps people. I know sometimes I post things and people say, well, that goes for adults too. Well, yeah, it does. Like, and just neurotypical adults. It doesn't have to be anybody with a disability. Yes. We're just trying to shift the paradigm a little bit here. Um, and yes. that's hard work. Yes. Yes. And we need to recognize that it's hard work too. And like you mm -hmm. said, we, we need to recharge our batteries. And, but this is, I, I love to do call to actions in our episodes. This is a call to action. We need you to advocate. Yeah. Advocate in the way that you are the most comfortable in doing and in the way that you can expend your energy the wisest, yeah. but we need you yeah. to advocate. And there are, and I've said this repeatedly, there are never enough advocates in the FASC community. Exactly. Our voices have grown. We've yeah. become louder. We've become stronger, which is fantastic. But just like you said, Yvonne, we're not at the tipping point just yet. Right. We're getting there, but yeah. we're not there. We need yeah. to get there. When the tipping yeah. point happens, then that's yeah. going to be an yeah. amazing, an amazing yeah. time. You know, and don't let what other people doing deter you. I know comparison is huge. And I get myself caught in that trap a lot. You know, and then I think, oh my gosh, what I'm doing isn't important or look at them. Why can't I be like that? But but then you just have to step back and think, what, like you just said, what can I do and what's within my comfort? And it will make a difference. I mean, we just have to look at RJ. He started wearing red shoes for himself. He had an off chance meeting with Jody, who said, wow, what are those red shoes about? He told her she had a great idea, said, let's join forces and, and create a, a little movement, started really small. And now it's around the world. Yes. And that started from one person meeting another person, having a conversation, and then believing in the cause and pushing it forward and inviting people along. So that's all you have to think about when you think, well, I can't make a difference. Well, you might be able to. <laughs> that is the recipe for advocacy right there. Yeah. What you, yeah. RJ. And, and you don't have to make an international impact, yeah. but no. it's just, that's how. But you could. Yeah. Yeah. So but it's just could. conversations and that's yes. all it has to be. Yes. Oh my goodness. This entire episode has been a hope takeaway. And this is, I know Jeff jokes and he says, this is an episode you listen to again and again and again. This is going to be the same type of episode. I, I hope that our listeners will go back and just hear and take notes and just listen and soak in what you're saying, Yvonne, because you really, you inspire me. You really do. You inspire me as an advocate to say, okay, you know, we can do this. Even on the days when we're just like, I can't even get out of bed. We can do this. You, yeah. you can do this. So ending this wonderful episode, first of all, I will be putting down the links for our sacred breath and 99 days to FASD advocacy. You can also see Yvonne and visit Yvonne over on Jeff Noble's, um, Facebook pages and, and yeah. his ventures too. And, yeah. um, we, uh, definitely will be again, 
I know I will definitely have Yvonne back on here again because I want updates, you know, next year. We'll do it earlier. We'll do it like as the 99 days begin. Yeah. Maybe what we can do. Ooh, ooh, idea, Yvonne. Maybe we can have an episode next summer when day 99 starts. So you probably yeah. know what day that is. I don't <laughs> June 1st. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. So listen, okay. everybody. Yvonne's going to be back around June 1st so we can kick off 99 days and I'm you're hearing it so that it's it's a commitment I'm not backing down so we can and she can even come back and report even more how 99 days and how um, our sacred breath has grown so before we end this episode Yvonne what last words of hope do you have for our listeners about today's topic about amazing advocacy I think, first of all, um, you know, believe in yourself first, uh, and then, you know, believe in your your kids and believe in the cause. My daughter's uh, saying is believe in yourself. And when she talks, that's what she talks about. You have to find your people, you know, in your circle of support, because you really can't do this alone. Um, And if if online is is the support that you can find at the time, find online. Um, there are different groups out there. They all have their own vibe. Um, just connect with people that way. And you might find people close to you um, that you then can connect with. Um, take care of yourself. Uh, like we've just been talking about, I think you know you're not going to be any good to anybody. Um, uh, and I and I think I see that because people are so passionate and they get, you know, they they work so hard and then they just sort of burn themselves out. Um, and that's why it's important to get more people pumped and involved uh, because we need a lot of people out there uh, joining forces. You know, let go of of your expectations for for what you thought um, this journey was going to be because it's. For most of us, it's not anything like what we thought it was going to be. Um, But that doesn't mean that we can't embrace what it is. Um, And I realize for some, the journey is a little more challenging. Um, That's why it's even more important to reach out. um, Because all it's going to take is to find one person who then can connect you with somebody else, who can connect you with somebody else. Um, For us, just a, a quick little story. We got the most help when we were going through a lot of challenges. We were told to phone the police, phone 911, um, and uh, take her to the uh, mental health clinic. We did all of that. The last one we went to was a mental health clinic. They took her in a room by herself. She was 12, asked her a bunch of questions, came out. Two days later, I got a call from the Children's Aid Society because they'd asked her, has your mom ever hit you? And I hadn't, but she said I had. Because for whatever reason, that's what she chose to say. And so then they opened up an investigation. But then that investigation opened up supports that I didn't know were even around. And that's when things started to change for us. So even when it's something negative, you might be able to pull something positive out of it. I thought my world was, because I worked at a CAS and I was a volunteer driver at the time. And I thought, oh my gosh, how is this going to look for me? but we we managed to get some supports and that's how she ended up getting a diagnosis because we were put in touch with a doctor then who then made the diagnosis for us. Um, so I think that, you know, embrace whatever comes your way and try to find something uh, in, in that that you can move forward with um, and, and don't compare your journey. And I say that as someone who does all the time, you know, and I have to always bring myself back. We're all on different journeys, even in the FASD world. Nobody's is the same. And what what we're doing is just as important as as what somebody else is doing. And never doubt, you know, never doubt yourself. Um, you know your your family best. You do what's best for your family, no matter what else somebody's doing. Um, so those are my takeaways. Amazing, amazing hope takeaways. Yvonne Williams of Our Sacred Breath, 99 Days to FASD. 
the FASD success show and, and, and more with Jeff Noble. You are a treasure in FASD advocacy, and I am honored to speak to you, to know you, to call you a fellow FASD mama bear advocate, as I like to say. Yeah. And I appreciate everything that you've done. Thank you so much for being on FASD Hope. Well, thank you for inviting me and and I'm so happy our paths have crossed and I've got to know you a little bit better over the years. Um, and that's sort of the neat part about the connection and advocacy. You get to meet people that you would have never met, you know, when you Absolutely. learn from each other, right? Absolutely. So, and I am yeah. so thankful for this connection too. And again, this is in writing now. Yvonne will be back around June 1st, so we can kick off 99 days next year in 2023. Yvonne, thanks again. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to FASD Hope with Natalie Vecchione. If you like our show and want more information, check out FASDHope.com or please leave us a five-star rating and review and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you join us again next week and remember to be informed, take care, and always have hope.